I want to keep our church uh, very safe. I want to keep our church safe. I want to make sure that the church is a safe place. Does anybody agree with me tonight that we want to keep our church safe? And so tonight the Lord has placed in my heart a, a message for us that I think if you'll help me, we can, we can make this church the safest place in the earth. We can make it the safest place in Austin area. I think that you and I both are looking for a place that we can just be ourselves, that we can just love each other, that we can have friends and relationships. And uh, I've just felt in my heart today that God wants us to work together to make sure that this place is the most beautiful, wonderful place in all the world. Um, we can do this. We together can create this place, this safe place. And I want it to be a place where people feel comfortable coming. I want it to be a place where people love to come. I want it to be a place where people, when you talk to them about coming to church, they say, I'd love to go to a place like that and meet people like that. That's what I want in our church. And so I want to make sure that tonight in the Holy Ghost, God helps me. And everybody say in Jesus' name. Let me go into our topic tonight, and then I'll get to the scripture that God has given for our church tonight in just a little while. We'll teach on that and explain that. Uh, but I, I'm going to ask for your help tonight before I go any further. Sunday, I told you that you have my help, that I am here to serve you. I'm here to help you. But tonight, I'm going to ask for your help. I'm going to say to you that I need yours and that I'm going to think that you're going to want to help me when you hear me tonight. You're going to want to have what I want to have in this, in this service for us, for our children, for our grandchildren. I want to make sure we have a great place. Let me start by saying, and you can agree with me, I don't want to get too political right now, but uh, it's, just, it's just true. I want to start by saying how sad it is to see our world fall apart right before our eyes on, on our news media, on our Facebook pages, down the road in our neighborhood. It is so sad to watch our, our beautiful world fall to pieces. It's even more shocking to see our nation fall apart. You know, what I feel from many red-blooded Americans is that you're angry, you're sad, and you're disappointed that your kids and grandkids will not get to be raised in a nation that you were raised in. It's a sad thing that we cannot, ra we cannot raise our children in a day where we have to always be watching over our shoulder for a child predator, for a sex trafficker, I hate the idea that I have to imagine walking through a parking lot at night and somebody grabbing my little girls. I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. It's a sad day that we're living in, that it's a reality that our world is crumbling right before us and we seemingly can do nothing about it. I can't go anywhere without wondering if I'm going to be safe. You know, our kids can't even play in the front yard anymore. My kids cannot play in the front yard. Maybe where you live they can, but I'm not doing it. I'm sorry, I just, I just can't, I can't trust people. I've got to always be watching. Having cameras and security systems are just normal now. They're normal. Anybody else have cameras? Yeah. I don't have as much faith as some of y'all. I lock my doors at night. <laughs> That's how we do it. We just do our best and let the Lord take care of the rest, but we put up some cameras. And uh, we had some, some bad things happen in our neighborhood. We had some, some people acting drunk, breaking bottles. We had some stuff stolen. 
and unfortunately we have to deter and we've got to put up cameras and you know I hate it when I'm having family time and all of a sudden the Amber Alert goes off and there's a kid somewhere they can't find. I mean, I, I'm with my children, y'all, and I'm thinking there's somebody out there that's looking desperately. I can't even imagine that thought that my kid is gone. This is the world that we live in. Don't even get me started on what's happening right now with Ukraine and, and what a madman will do to children and to families. It's just sick to watch our world fall apart. It's sick to see the nuclear family, a man and a woman raising children, be destroyed right before our eyes. Under attack every day that marriages are not what they used to be. Kids are unruly. Kids are raising themselves all over the nation, all over the world. Dads and moms seemingly too busy or maybe too weak because of their own fight and their own pressure to take care of their troubled children. And we have ourselves a crazy cycle that nobody knows what to do about it. We've got mess in every area of our nation. Now, economically. Now, gas prices. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that too. I mean, it's amazing that our world, our leaders, the richest and brightest minds can't fix it, can't solve it, can't make our streets safe. There is no answer in this world for this world. None. We have to stop looking to government, stop looking to local officials, we have to stop looking to those outside of the kingdom. The hope of this world, the only safe place left, is the church. That's it. If we lose the church, we have literally nothing. Now, that, that matters tonight, y'all, because I'm about to get up here and I'm about to defend the church and make sure that we have a healthy church. But I cannot go down that road until we're on the same page and have the same spirit. You have got to love this church more than you love this nation. Because the hope of this nation is in this church. If we could have more churches in this nation, we could have a better nation. We have to have the church rise up. seems like everybody has a story of pain and suffering, trauma and hurt. Financial stress, emotional stress, time stress, diet stress, relational stress, self-esteem issues abound. They're everywhere. Everybody's got them. Everyone's going through something. And here we are tonight. We are the church. We are the largest, if not the only institution in the world that actively looks for and invites the most hurting and damaged people to gather multiple times a week and try to call ourselves a family. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? But that's what we do. In fact, we're the only ones that do it. Ask yourself what other worldwide organization does what we do. Nobody. Everybody's got their agenda. Everybody's got their purpose, but not the church. The church is the only one that truly can create love, can truly create peace. It's the answer for the world. 
And we've got to make sure the church is still the church. We've got to make sure the church is healthy, pure, and clean because it's the only thing we've got left. We have nothing left except the church. Listen, y'all, the church literally has a mission to go and to call anybody who wants to come to it to gather together. We're the only ones that reach out and say, would you like to come to church? It's for you. It's for whosoever wills. It's for everybody. You should come to church on Sunday. The church is for everybody. Jesus died for everybody. We've got a, uh, we've got a coffee shop in Bastrop, Texas that has a flyer on the wall outside that says we're having game night. G-A-Y-M-E. Game night. Game night. I'm trying to say it to where you get it. It's hard to. It, it has a game night for people who are gay. Why can't they just call it game night? And then it says underneath it, everyone's welcome. Just say we're having a game night and everyone's welcome. Why do you have to say it's for lesbians? And for homosexuals, but everybody's welcome. Talk about excluding people. Don't you ever let anybody tell you that the church is trying to exclude people. Don't you ever let anybody tell you that the church is not for all people. It is a lie. Don't you ever let someone back you up in a corner acting like they don't fit in church. This thing is for everybody. Jesus died on the cross for every single person, gay and straight. We're the only ones that really care that everybody comes. Oh, Jesus, help us. So now understand this. Austin First Church is not prejudice. We go after everybody. We're not scared of anybody. Yeah. This isn't the white, rich side of town where everybody has a Porsche and a country club membership. In fact, I don't even know where the country club's at in Del Valley. I think country club means something different in Delta. <laughs> I think it's some dude's way that he reprimands his wife. Country club. It, no. Wow. Some of y'all need to go to like a comedy show or something and break free. Yeah. Yeah, right here. That's exactly right. Sometimes I get a little fun spirit on me. We don't, listen, y'all, we don't give away tennis rackets and Botox at Austin First Church. We give away gas cards and tacos. <laughs> we know who's in our backyard. <laughs> we know where we are. This is not Beverly Hills. That's just where we are. Yeah. But listen, we're the largest church of any kind in our entire area. Austin First Church is. Listen to this. There are no fancy churches being built around here because it's too poor, too multicultural, too difficult. 
too many bad spirits, too many attitudes. I say it's the perfect place. <laughs> hey, you need to go read your Bible. <laughs> yeah, yep. All these people, growing area, all that's happening, everything's booming, but I haven't seen any plans for a new megachurch. Well, that's kind of weird. What's, what's wrong? All these people, all this place, all the growth, but nobody wants to come plant a big megachurch here? How come? Why? Because broken areas require way too much anointing. You can't get broken areas with cool preaching. You can't defeat the devil with just a cool church plant team. You have to have real authority to build a church where there's broken and hurting and abused people. What others are afraid of at Austin First Church, we love it. Doesn't scare us one bit. We go after every flavor and every type. We go after every age. We go after every culture, every personality, every gender, which there's only two, and all finances. All finances. Doesn't matter where you're at. We have the loud and the quiet. We'll take you both. We'll take the funny and even the boring. We've got both here tonight praying for you. We'll take the married and the single. It doesn't scare us. And then, after all of those differences, we will not kill each other. How do you do it? Because we're the church. You can't, you can't find us anywhere in the world. You can't replicate what God can do in his people. Only Jesus can build something as unique as that and it be a family that loves each other and submits to each other. Only Jesus and the church can accomplish that. I love the fact that we're all from different places and yet we still want to hang out with each other. I think it's pretty cool. That some of y'all live in a shack and some of y'all live pretty good and we still can pray together and dance across the church. I think it's pretty cool that we got all different types of colors and skin colors and backgrounds and, and different parts of town. I think it's kind of cool that we gather together and we can still love each other. That's the way it should be. Thank you, Jesus, that our church is like that. This is what this right here is what the church is supposed to look like. This is what it's supposed to look like. But it's not necessarily what the church is supposed to act like. We're supposed to look different, but act the same. Now that's what confounds the wise. That's what confuses the world, is that we look different, that we've got all types of flavors, but we all live the same exact way. We're all Christian first, and everything else it doesn't matter. We're Christian first. We're called of God. We're Bible thumpers. We're holy rollers. Everything else is out the door. We may drive in from different places. We may like different types of foods. We may be rich or poor. It doesn't matter, because when you get in the church, you all act the same way. Anybody believe that tonight? We can't help where we come from, but we are trying to change where we're going. And the church is all going the same way. Everybody here tonight, guess what? You're all going the same way, or you're not in the church. We're all going the same way. We may look different, but we got to act. We got to act the same.
We should not act different from each other. There ain't no room for that in the church. Yeah. Yeah. We're all becoming like Jesus. Not your version of Jesus, but the only version of Jesus. My wife had a surgeon that was, had an amazing staff. This was back when she was going through breast cancer. And this amazing staff, they were all so kind. They were all so professional. And um, it was amazing that we, we bragged about the staff in that, uh, in that office. And the lead surgeon that was in charge of the staff and the training, everybody in that office, she said, well, let me tell you the reason why everybody is so great in my office. She said, we never hire more than one person at a time because they have to acclimate to us. She said, if I get too many employees, they'll bring in their old ways, and their old ways will begin to affect our vision. And she said, the only way to keep the place right is to make sure everybody that comes in is assimilating to your culture, or they've got to go. Because if we allow the outside voice to not change, but to stay and speak their ideas that are contrary to the inside voice, it will begin to slowly shift the inside voice, the current culture, away from their vision, their goals, their characteristics will begin to shift. And that's why she said, the only way we ever grow is we grow one at a time. Enough of all this, we want to just have a million people come to church Sunday. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to handle all that. What we need to be a healthy place and keep this place healthy is we need slow, steady growth. We need slow, steady growth. Don't turn it off. Don't stop it. Keep coming in. But we've got to get them in. We've got to make sure they're converted. Make sure they assimilate to the church. Make sure they're living like we live. And then get another. And then do it again. And get another. And do it again. Because if you have too many come in, you'll start to have dead church. You'll start to have lots of issues. We've got to protect, protect, protect this church. Now, let me talk about something that's a little bit sensitive, but I'll try to do my best. This is why Americans get frustrated with open borders. Not because we're racist, but because sometimes the ones who come here are. Sometimes you've got to hear every word clearly, and you've got to translate very clearly. Sometimes the ones who come to this nation love their nation that they left more than the nation that they just arrived at. Now, while I'm talking about open borders, I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about the kingdom. So some of y'all that want to talk, you want to think that's where I'm going, that's not where I'm going. I want to show you a picture of how it can be frustrating with open borders in the church. If, if people don't come in and love the thing they're in and assimilate to the culture, they'll bring in their spirit, their ways, and they'll begin to slowly shift that nation into the nation that they left. And so the frustration with many people over open borders is that if too many come in too quickly, 
they will bring their ways, their voting habits, their politics, their economic belief systems, and they'll begin to vote in politicians just like the people they left. And over time, you will not recognize America. That's why open borders have frustrated some. Now, if you have people coming in from other nations and they are acclimating into American lifestyle, falling in love with our values, falling in love with our ways, then we can, keep, we can maintain and we can keep our ways. Then everything works perfectly. So the problem is, is if you have too many flooding the country at once, then you can't make sure the country stays the country. Here's my philosophy. If you want to come to America, be American. Vote like an American. Think like an American. Remember, you came here to be rescued. You might want to say thank you and brag on our country for rescuing you from your country. Okay? Now that I've said that, if you come in the church and you're worldly, you might want to be thankful for the church. You might want to come in here, submit yourself, say, I was in trouble, I was a sinner, I was not living right, and you guys rescued me, picked me up, loved me, and I want to do it your way. I don't want to live my way. I don't want to do it my people's way. I want to do it God's way. I want to do it Christ's way. I want to do it the right way. It's called assimilation. It's where a foreigner adopts the ways of the people that they joined, and they don't come in trying to fight against it. Why would you fight against the thing that rescued you? Why would you talk trash about white people if white people are here helping you every day? They're like, white people are horrible. White people are horrible. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? White people, this is, this America is a great place, and the majority of the people are white. Don't be racist, and don't be racist against God's culture. If you like where you are, then why don't you just go ahead and assimilate to what you're in? Because if it's working for us, it'll work for you. Why would you want to come here and be like, I want to change it all back to where I came from? Let's leave the attitude outside the church. Let's leave the old lifestyle outside the church. Let's leave the pain and depression and abuse and the verbal attacks outside the church because you can't come in here and say, save me, and then keep your ways because if your ways become normalized, then we have no hope now. Yeah. Here's some complaints I've heard. But this church isn't perfect, Pastor, and we outsiders have something to offer because you guys need help. You could even argue that there's things in America, of course, that aren't right, and we can learn from other nations. Let me use that example since we're talking about it. America is not the most friendly nation in the world. Did y'all know that? There are many nations in the world that are much more friendly than America. Many. There are many nations where the people are more friendly, more giving, more caring than Americans. So I am not one of those, America is the best, we are the best at everything. That's definitely not me. I know we've got a lot of problems. 
And people say, you know what, you Americans, you think you're all that? Well, there's things we could teach you, and I must say, to, I, must say I agree. There are things that you can teach us if you're an outsider coming in that we need to get better at. Would you all agree with that? There's things we can learn, right? Here in America, we can learn to be a lot more hospitable. We can learn to share our fruits and vegetables and do all kinds of cool stuff. There's things that we can learn. But here's the, here's the problem. We don't trust you yet because you won't assimilate. You don't get a voice when you first walk in the door. You get a voice once you become one of us. Then you get a, a seat at the table. The problem is people want to come in. They're not here but three weeks, and all of a sudden, like, I have something to offer. You were broke last week. You were begging for rescuing last week. I don't believe you have anything to offer us. One day you will, but I don't trust you yet. You only build trust over time. You only build trust over time. And you surely cannot build trust coming in the door being brand new and saying, I've got things you need to listen to. We are the ones with the hope. We're the ones with the answers. We're the ones that know how to get life back in order. So please have humility when you're new in our church and ask more questions than tell us what to do. Remember, if you're new, you're the one that needs the hope. So you have to make sure you're careful to not bring your ideas in the church and try to spread them throughout the thing that you need to save you. Let's don't change the church. Let's keep the church healthy, strong, and righteous so that we can keep helping people that come in that are broken. So I say, I, com I confess, that's true. Our church is not perfect. How many agree with that? Okay. So how do we know that you will help our church when we give you power and not hurt our church? We barely know you. Here's what you need to do if you want to have a say-so in our church. Prove that you're with us. I just feel like I don't belong at Austin First Church because you don't. You don't submit. You never give. You never say pastor. You just come. And then you get mad that you have no voice. You create your voice with your submission. If you're submitted to me, you have a voice. I'm not afraid of you anymore. I'm not worried about you causing a stink in the body of Christ. You have to join us before you can be allowed to influence us. You've got to sell out. You've got to be committed to the kingdom. And then you have a voice. Then you can vote with us and talk like us. And you can have our mind. But you have to prove that you're with us, and you've got to share our spirit, and then you can have a voice. You can't fight us all the time and refuse to support us and gain respect with us. You have to be, you have to be amiable. You have to be agreeable. You have to be with us for a season. Don't come in the church critiquing it. You're the one in trouble. Come in and humble yourself and say, I need help. I'm, my, my family is broken. I have no money. If you have no money, talk to someone who's got money and submit yourself. Why are the people with no money acting like they have the answers? If you have no money, please find someone with money and ask them how they got their money. I know how to get money. Tell a rich person to give it to me. That's not how it works. You need to learn how the rich person got their money. Learn how the man that knows how to pray learned how to pray. 
so that you can join us. Ask questions. Submit yourself. Get, a, get in the Bible study lessons. Be at every service. Join New Steps. But don't just sit there and stay the same. Don't come in this place because if we get too many of you, the church won't be the church. The church will be a gathering place for guests. Then where is the hope? You see, the church can be changed slowly from a powerful, peaceful, loving family to a place of pain, hurt. If we refuse to disciple, there's the word the Holy Ghost gave me. Everybody say disciple. If we choose, refuse to disciple people, then we can turn this church that's glorious into nothing but a, just a gathering, a social club. So what's the answer? One of the last commands that Jesus gave it, would you go to Matthew, Sister Marissa, go to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. One of the last commands that, that Jesus gave his disciples before he went to heaven, listen to the importance of this scripture. I don't think I've ever taught on the scripture. I've just ran it off when I was preaching, okay? Are you ready? And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, listen to every word. Remember, when we study, every word matters. All authority has been given to me, Jesus said, in heaven and on the earth. Everything is mine I control everything. I'm the boss of everything. Everybody with me so far? Look what he says in 19 to his disciples. Go, therefore. Well, well, that in their language, therefore means because I have all authority, I can tell you what to do. And then you're covered because you're doing my will. You're about to get authority because I have it and I gave it to you. Now you can go without fear and you can make disciples because I told you to. Now you've got to and now there's nothing to be afraid of. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples. Somebody say make disciples. Somebody say make disciples. That's going to matter. I like that phrase, make. You never say, you can't make me do anything. Ever, heard, ever said that before? Yeah. Oh, you're going to make me? I'll make you shut up. Make me. Those are fighting words in Texas, y'all. Do you understand when I read this, it was like, oh, you're going to make disciples? Oh, you're a big, you're a big man. You're a big man. You think you're somebody. You're going to make a disciple? Notice, it wasn't, it wasn't a cute little phrase. It wasn't like, ask people if they want to be a disciple. It was authority. Make a disciple. Catch it, y'all. Now watch it. Make a disciple of all what? Oh, I like it. Are you sure you want to do that? Nations are different. You know, everybody likes different kind of foods. Everybody worships differently. Don't you know that everybody's got different gods out there? That's okay. I'm not afraid. You know why? Because he's got all authority over every religion, every culture, every skin color. My God is over it all. And when he tells me to go, I'm not afraid of you. I'm going to go to every nation. And I'm going to make a disciple out of every one of you. You're going to catch it tonight in the name of Jesus. What do you do whenever you're going to make a disciple? How do you make a disciple? You baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What is the name of the Father? What is the name of the Son in case you don't know the name of the Father? What's the name of the Holy Spirit? Baptize them in the name, not the names. We all know there's only one name. We all know there's only one God. Well, why did he just say Jesus? Because there's something powerful about knowing that Jesus is the Father. 
Jesus is the Son, and Jesus is the Holy Ghost. You see, the, the Bible writers were very beautiful in their writing. They would go overboard to make a point. So look at it through their eyes. Now, you're going to baptize people, and then look what you're going to do in verse 20. We're going to have to teach people. That's a boring word, isn't it? Some of y'all already fallen asleep tonight. If he would just shout and run the aisles, I would wake up and preach. But he's just talking slow and quiet. And y'all going to kill my neck if I have to do that every service. Y'all need to give me a break every now and then. Let me just, let me just do what Jesus told me to do. Jesus said, teach. <laughs> Pentecostals are the world's worst for having to be shouted down all the time. Well, you go to a Baptist church, they're like, say, oh, yes, that's good. Oh, ooh, ooh, oh, mm, 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 yes, yes, mm. Pentecost is like, oh, this is boring. Whew. Come on, man, shout, run the aisle, do something, spit on somebody, walk across the pews. Lay hands on somebody, prophesy. Babs is like, oh, I'm getting something there. That's deep. Oh, oh, like, y'all, we can learn something from other denominations. Well, I can't believe you're saying that. You got your pews from them. Oh, that was good. No, we're different. We have a stage, pulpit, speakers look the same. We've got pews just like them. Pews are apostolic. No, they're not. They're Baptist. Never get rid of the old landmarks. They're not your landmarks. I'm having some fun with some people right now. Some of y'all are like, what do I do? My brain is melting. <laughs> Let that just sink in. Teaching. Thank you for, thank you, Sister Green. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. This is how you make a disciple, and this is how you keep the church safe. If we're not making disciples, we're not doing our job. And we will look back in 10 years and not recognize Austin First Church. This is no small thing I'm talking about tonight because you have children like me. You've got grandkids, Brother Dale. Who's going to raise these kids? This ain't no joke tonight. I know we've been laughing, but, but let me bring it in right now. It matters to me, and it should matter to you, the quality of this church. It should matter as much to you that you hear about a problem and you don't, you don't like what's happening. It shouldn't be just me all the time bothered by stuff. This is our church. This is our church. It should matter to you if it's healthy or not healthy. It should matter to you if people go to New Steps or not. Some of you are like, I've been in church 20 years. Who cares about New Steps? You ought to care if people go to New Steps. If we don't get people taught and baptized in Jesus' name and full of the Holy Ghost, then we are not making disciples. This is serious business right now. And notice, please notice, he did not say go into all the world and love them because love is not something you say. Love is something that you do. Love is evident in our investment. Don't you dare tell me that when I go out there and try to reach out for people, I don't love people. And nobody spends as much time as we do trying to reach for people. 
Nobody cares like we care. Nobody calls like we call. Nobody texts like we text. We love people. And don't you let anybody tell you that you've got to say it all the time. Just by the fact that you're trying to get someone baptized means that you love people. We wouldn't invest in people we didn't care. We've got to get free of the haters saying that we don't love them because we're in such a hurry to get them baptized. Can you just please have coffee with me for a few years? I just want a friend. That's the problem. You want a friend. You don't want an intervention. You want a friend. You don't want salvation. I, I can't just be your friend, but I can help you meet Jesus. I can help you get saved. I, I am more than a friend. Let somebody down the road be a friend. You be the gospel speaker. You be the gospel preacher. You be the one that makes a, a disciple. If we're not making disciples, where's the future of the church? Lord, help us. Real love rescues you first and sips a latte with you second. When a house is on fire, you don't come and say, hello, I'm your neighbor. I notice the back of your house is falling. Would you like to get to know each other before I tell you? It's ridiculous. Listen, the only reason why you'd be offended by salvation is if it, you thought that you were not in need of it. It's like a fireman knocking your front door down because there's smoke coming out. And you get mad and say, you're paying for that. Do not waste your time on people who don't care that their house burns down. All you're going to do is make an enemy and start to get real feeling bad when you go home. You're going to feel like a failure. But if you would spend your time with someone who wants to be made a disciple... That is the purpose of the church, is to find people who truly want to assimilate to the ways of God. Stop trying to help people that don't want it. We have to hurry and get people baptized. And there's only one baptism, Ephesians 4 and 5 says. It's a baptism of repentance, water in spirit. John said, repent. And Jesus finished it. We've got to repent. We've got to go down in the water, and we've got to have the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. You need to humbly turn to God in repentance. You need to be baptized in water for the removal of your past sins and the addition of the new name. You need to get a new spirit. That's Jesus' spirit. And then we need to teach you how to live like Jesus. Because if we don't, we won't be the church anymore. You see, listen to me. There's a tipping point where our, your church is no longer a church. It's just a gathering of unteachable people. People who used to want to be saved, but they changed their minds somewhere along the way. Well, pastor, why would people even come to church if they don't want to become a disciple? Well, here's what, here's what I think. I think people are lonely. I think some folks are just lonely, and they want to go join a church because they can get friends, relationships, and flirts. Some people do not want to be saved. They just want to have a friend. And they're here every week. Number two, they want help with their kids. <laughs> My dad said he had, a, he had a guy that worked for him one time. He was trying to get to come to church. He had like three kids. And uh, he said, are you going to come to church? He said, oh, I just changed churches. I'm going to a church across town, uh, Moberly uh, Baptist. And, uh, and he was like, really? He said, dude, you should see the gym at that place. Whew, my kids love it. Some people don't want to be saved. They just want a cool youth pastor to babysit their kids on Friday nights. 
It's the truth. And then there are people that they think that church attendance earns them salvation. It may be coming from your roots of old religion. It comes from old religion. Maybe the church down the road taught you that. Maybe the Catholic church taught you that. But being in this place does not mean you're saved. You can be here and not want to change. You can come in and you can click it and say, I came to church, I'm saved. That's called works salvation. And the Bible says very clearly that we are not saved by our works. We are saved through grace by faith. Works show up after you have faith, not before. This is the reason why some people come to church but don't really want to be disciple. And I don't want to offend anybody tonight, but I need to make it very clear. The church is the last safe place left on the earth, and we've got to keep it that way, ladies and gentlemen. There is only learning and there's ignoring in the church. Either you're learning and you're teachable or you're not. I don't know why you're here. If you don't want to be pastored, taught, and discipled, I do not understand. It's not up to me. It's his church. And he said for me to baptize you and to teach you. And teaching demands students who want to learn and change. The church is open to everyone, but not everybody's open to the church. The church is open to the world, but the world is not open to the church. Jesus helped us. So we're not building a white church. We're building a right church. And listen to me. Some of my closest ministers in this church are not white. Have you looked at Matthew? Omar and Jose? Matthew's name deceives you. <laughs> the other two guys, perfect. Congratulations. Congratulate your parents for looking at you first. Do not be deceived. Do not be lied to. Yeah. We're not building a church like the one that you left. Let me get to the end of this now. So make sure that you leave your old ways at your old church. I don't care what you got away with at your old church. We're not doing the same thing here. You may have gotten away with gossip at your old church, but not at Austin First Church. Mm. They may not have ever gotten on to you, but we will. Because we know we're supposed to make a disciple out of you. And once again, it wasn't my choice. I've been commanded to. If I hold off, I'm out of submission to Jesus. So I'm going to pause for a moment and talk about the order of our Scripture one more time and drive this home. Everybody say baptism first. Teaching second. I can't teach you until you're baptized. Not really. I can teach you to get baptized, but I really can't take you on a journey of teaching. Until you've been baptized. Let me prove it to you. Baptism ensures that you know how to repent, let go of your past, and get the spirit of Jesus. Woo. I just felt the Holy Ghost. 
We've got to, to be baptized first because everything in discipleship hinges on the baptismal formula. It doesn't do me any good to teach your mind how to love somebody if your spirit still hates. Teaching is only effective when you have the right spirit. This is why the elders used to say, well, man, you just need to go pray through. You know what they meant by that? I can't counsel you out of this. I've talked to you till I'm blue in the face. I've met with you five times and you ignore me because if you don't get your spirit right, you can't fix the mind of a man until you fix the spirit of a man. I can't teach you if you're unteachable. I can't teach you. I can put some cool things in your head, but listen, the spirit of a man will always override the mind of a man. That's why some of you could be taking notes in your, he in your head, but it ain't getting to your heart. Because you've got to be immersed in the spirit to be teachable. Jesus, help us. We're just wasting our time trying to teach a bad spirit or cancel a bad spirit. This is why I pray for all of the current counselors we have in our church and the ones who are getting their degrees. I give you a public warning right now. You can't counsel someone without really getting to the spirit of things. I am no specialist in the mind. I'm a specialist in the spirit. I've never said I'm great at being a mind counselor. That's not my calling. Because the first thing I've got to figure out is, what spirit are you of? And to me, if you can't figure out the spirit, if you can't fix the spirit, you're just wasting your time on the mind. So I pray for the counselors of our church and those who are coming up that God will give you divine inspiration that when you're sitting there before somebody or maybe you're at home talking to a friend or family member, understand if you can't get the spirit right, you could be spending a lot of time talking and never breaking through. Let's be spiritual. Let's flow in the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. I can't teach unity because unity is a spiritual thing. It's the unity of the Spirit, not a spirit of unity. The Bible doesn't say that it's a spirit of unity. The Bible says it's unity caused by the Spirit. Unity is not when we all hold each other's hands. Unity. So we all hold Jesus. Unity is not a mental thing. Unity is a spiritual. And the only way a church can have unity is if we all hold on to the same spirit. Because then we're of the same spirit. And what do you get when you get a church full of people of the same spirit? Eventually you get the people of the same mind. Same thoughts. Same ways. As your pastor, I'm trying to lead you all the same way. And we can't go when there are too many resisting us on this journey. We can't move like we want to move. So what do we do? Do we sit here and walk in circles for 40 years because a lot of people at AFC don't want to go? No, I'm so thankful. That was the Old Testament, and I'm not Moses. I'm free. I'm free of walking in circles. I was called to make a disciple. 
I was not called to let you lead me in circles for 40 years. I was called to go to you and tell you, you either need to be a disciple or you need to get out because I am a disciple maker. Mm. No way. We will get a fire going at Austin First Church so hot that anybody that doesn't want to go with us will jump out of the heat. I want to get a revival going so hot. I want the authority of God in this place so hot. I want there to be such a good move of God that anybody that doesn't want to go where we're going will say, this isn't for me. i got to find me a colder church. i got to get out of here. This is too much holiness for me, too much power for me, too much submission for me. If you don't want it, then please, you don't have to stay. But we got to make sure this stays a safe place. I don't want to run anybody off, but I got to make sure this place is holy. For the sake of the children. Oh, let's talk about the kids for a second. You're going to use the kids? I'll use the kids because Jesus did. He said, if anybody offends these little ones, it'd be better for a millstone be tied on a rope and you just cast out into the sea and drown. You think I'm going to let this church turn with our kids that are getting older, that all hell's come against them, they're suicidal, they're on their phones all the time, they don't know what to do. You think I'm going to let Austin First Church turn to the way of the world? It's the hope of our little babies. You think I'm going to do that? No way! We've got kids to answer for. And Jesus said, if you let that happen, you might as well be drowned. I refuse to let it happen. I'd rather lose the biggest tithe payer and keep the baby. Oh, let me hurry. I'm almost done. So I need your help. Like I told you, I need your help. Because I want to build a safe place in the east. Where they tell us that crime is worse than the east. But I got news for the east. Not here. We're getting along just fine in the name of Jesus. They say marriages don't work, but not in here. Our marriages are going to work. I'm sorry. We're the church. We're the church. Don't, don't, don't claim it over me. Not here. Not at AFC. Our marriages are going to work. They say youth are suicidal, but I say no. Not in here. Not in our church. We're not putting up with that spirit. We're different. This is the safe place. This is the safe place. can't let it happen. Children have nowhere to turn to. I need to get some parents to stand with me in the last days and get a little passionate because the quality of our church matters. Submission and leadership matters. And I refuse to have authority from Jesus and sit back and let the church not be discipled. And this is a hill that I will die on. Every pastor has to pick a hill to die on. And you know what? Beards is not it. Or pantyhose. There are some hills that I will die on and I will fight for and I will go to battle over. And that is we will love each other at this church. We will love each other at this church at any cost. Because if we don't, there is no hope. There is no hope for the world, your backslidden family, or our babies. So we will, we will enforce love. 
We will not live like this world in this church. You can stand to your feet. We will not hurt each other in this church. We will not trash each other in this church. We will not, we will not make it easy on people who refuse change in this church. Let the most rebellious feel the most pressure. Not to leave, but to change. I want to smother people with God's grace until they give in or leave. I want to squeeze people with the anointing and love of God until they look us in the eyes and say, I'm in or I'm out. Thank you, Brother West. Come up here with me. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to do it together, y'all. Yes. We're going to do it together. And to think that I know your family has heard gossip multiple times and yet he still wants to belong to us thank god for people that aren't going to give in thank god for people that won't be that won't be shut down because of somebody else's weak moment i apologize to this man and his family he's had to put up with that from people who've been in church a long time i'm sorry I need you to help protect us. I need you to help protect each other. I need you to work some things out in your homes and your friends because we have to do this. God, help us to keep our church holy. In the name of Jesus, we've got to work TV and movies out of our church. We've got to get the phones and social media out of the teenagers and vulnerable ones because they're on them all day long. And God knows what they're on. Jesus, you've got to help us. We've got to have a holy church. Let's all lift our hands together right now. Let me try to close. It's not our way. It's not our way. I'm sorry, y'all. You might not want to give up your TV and movies, but this is the last hope of the world. I get that we've been addicted to them for years since the elders stopped preaching against it. But will you help me start again so we can preserve the church? We've lost too much anointing. We've lost too much of our holiness and our love. God, let us bring it back in the church. This is who we are. This is an oasis in Austin. Let's teach the Bible again. Let's do this with love. Let's work God, God's word to the world. Let's stand on the word. Let's live out loud. Let's don't be silent. Start telling your friends and family, I'm sorry, I love you, but this is not how we do it at Austin First Church. This is not how we talk. This is not how we gossip. I love you. You are my friend, but I can't stand for this. If we lose the church, we've lost everything. Don't you let anger come in. Don't let jealousy come in. Don't let a root of bitterness come in. Don't let it come in. Not here. Not us. We're the church.
God, give us Bible studies, uh, new steps, uh, first steps, uh, great steps, uh, more teaching, more discipleship, uh, more assimilation, more like you. I want to know the Word. I want to know the Spirit. Uh, I want to follow you, Jesus, uh, not the trends of the world, uh, not the way of the world. Uh, we are the last uh, safe uh, place uh, in all the earth. Uh, if we lose us, uh, we lose all hope. Where is the hope for the future? Where is the hope for our family and our babies? Oh, God, they can't grow up in a church that has a fence. Our kids can't grow up in a church full of nasty things on phones, on youth trips. Our church school can't have conversations like that because parents don't care. Not at our church, Jesus. Not here, God. It's too precious. It's too gorgeous. It's too holy. It's too beautiful. Not here at Austin First Church. Come on, make your mind up with me. I need your help to do this, church family. I need all of you that's a member to say yes. No matter your nationality, you're a disciple. You're a disciple. Doesn't matter what you did at the past church or from the nation you're from. We're going to do it God's way in this church. And we're going to have a safe place to come and bring our guests, a safe place to come bring our loved ones and backsliders, a safe place to raise our children. God, right here in the east, we're an oasis. It's an oasis of grace and mercy and love. Oh, God. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, God, thank you for the great people of our church who are with me today. Thank you for men that are strong that say, we're with you, Pastor. I see it. I feel it. Uh, thank you for young couples who are with me right now who say, yes, that's my babies that are growing up in this church. Uh, those are my kids. Uh, they've got to have good kids in their Sunday school class. Uh, they've got to make sure we're on the same page. Uh, some of y'all can't be watching PG-13 and letting it get in your kids uh, and other kids in the church. We assimilate to the body of Christ. You've got to get it out. It matters what you do at home because that's where you get your spirit from. And you become the church and you spread your spirit. It matters how you live in private. If I can't get to what you're living at, then I can't assimilate us to the ways of God. Jesus, we're going to make disciples in this church. You have given us all authority to take authority. And in the name of Jesus, I take authority right now over this body. I speak to the spirit that tries to make us the way of the world. And I tell you, we're not standing for that. We're not going that direction. We're going to be a holy people, a righteous people. We're going to protect our minds, protect our eyes, protect our kids. What we read, the books we have, what we watch, we're going to get rid of it. doesn't matter how, how innocent it may seem. We will not allow it anymore. We've got to protect the children church listen to me I was in the foyer Sunday and one of our beautiful Bible quizzers said out loud that was so cool I got to watch that show that movie and I thought to myself what a waste word comes in one day evil comes in the next we cannot be 
a lukewarm church that has revival on Sunday and the world on Monday. It will, it will counterbalance what we're doing. The devil wants to tell you that you can pray enough to watch it. I'm telling you, you pray enough to not want it. The new school says if you have the Holy Ghost, you can control it. But my Holy Ghost says don't even bring it in your house. Listen closely to it, and the Lord will convict you of it. It's addiction. It infiltrates us. The video games, God help us. The media, we're at, God help us. Even the books we read, we have to protect this church. I'm not trying to hurt you. You know I'm not trying to hurt you, right? We've got to protect this church, y'all. Is anybody thankful that this is the kind of church we're, built, we're building at Austin First Church? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. One more time. Lift your hands up. I want the Spirit to unify us right now. Don't grab anybody's hand, but grab the Spirit right now. We're about to unify right now in Jesus' name. That's it. That's it. You want to unify right now? It's not by holding hands. It's by grabbing the same Jesus, the same Bible, and having the same pastor. That's how God's going to do it in this church. We're going to grab a hold of him. He will lead and guide us. He will show us the spirit. He will give us the right way in our homes. He will unify our tongues, our ways, what we watch and don't watch. Unify us. Unify us. The same spirit. Baptize us with the same spirit of Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Let me get baptized and get my past out of my life. Give me a new name. Anybody baptized in this place tonight? You're baptized, right? Amen. Your past is gone, so stop talking about your past to people in church. Unless you're testifying to someone who doesn't, who doesn't needs to hear their faith explode, you don't need to be talking about what's been done wrong to you. If it's in the past, it's in the past. We've been baptized under the blood, and you keep bringing it up, and it doesn't do any good. Yeah, and we've got the Holy Ghost, right? We've got the Holy Ghost inside of us. Let's use it in Jesus' name. I love you all so much. I hope that you love me. Brother West, thank you for coming up there. It made my night, man. That means a lot to me. Just seeing you step out like that means so much. And I know that you love us, but y'all, we're under attack. Y'all know we're under attack, right? Yeah. I, I know I'm coming at y'all strong lately, but I feel it, and I feel the authority to do it. I feel like our time is now. I feel like this is it right now. Enough waiting. Hey, we got used to each other. We're, we're good. I've been here five years. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's win. Let's have miracles and signs and wonders. Let's raise our children in truth. Let's have power and authority. Let's disciple the world. Let's teach Bible studies. We got this. We got this. Thank you, Jesus. My wife and I are doing a, a home Bible study at our home. We're getting ready. We've got a home Bible study thing coming up for training soon for our, our ministers. We're going to be teaching Bible studies, and we're going to disciple people. This is the will of God for us, and we're going to do it. We're going to take authority, and we're not going to be afraid because he told us to go. Therefore, go. He said, I've got authority. 
I feel that so strong in the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. The authority and the territory is already ours. Go. You hear me? He said, I've got all authority in heaven and in earth. So what are you waiting on? Go. Disciple. Make a disciple. Baptize them. Preach to them. Just go. All right. That's enough. That's enough. It's time to dismiss. In Jesus' name, we love you. Let's love each other, can we? Let's hug. I love you. In Jesus' name.